I'm just gonna turn the microphone on. As usual, I bought Isotope RX8. So this is a. We'll see how this goes. I've been starting to listen back to the episodes that I've been doing. I want to make this concerted effort to improve the podcast. My rule: I'm gonna just do like one minute of meta talk about the podcast. I'm always tempted to just talk a lot about like making this podcast, but. I've started to listen back to it. I think that's going to be important if I want to keep improving. Yes, feedback as well. I'm not that great at taking feedback and like implementing things to improve it. I think right now I'm still in the encouragement stage of, Hey, just tell, just tell me the things you like and I'll keep trying to do more of the things that you like. Anyway, I bought this software. It will hopefully remove some of the mouth sounds. That's the thing that has bugged me the most when I listen back to the episodes. It's just mouth sounds and mouth clicks, that sort of thing. So no sponsorship, but I've tried like the basic versions of the software and have enjoyed it or not enjoyed it, but I've found it pretty effective. And then the advanced one is just like more advanced mouth sounds that it will remove. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about Mortal Kombat, the 2021, the recent movie, HBO Max, or in theaters, if you want to go to a theater right now. And one thing, so we had, I got married earlier this this month, saw a lot of my guy friends, saw Wally, a lot of uh, my friends went to New York, and we had like the guy's day. We I didn't have a bachelor party, so we tried to just do like a day in the city in New York. One of the best days, just, yeah, so I had two of the best days that I've had in years within a week great that we did look into renting a theater you can rent a theater for like kind of cheap it's not it's not super cheap but it's in the hundreds of dollars not i thought it would just cost like thousands of dollars for some reason but you could have rented i think we could have i think it wasn't really that practical and even like in hindsight it wasn't in the city we would have had to travel it would have been cool to like rent a theater though a lot of them were offering it I saw like in Jersey and showing Kong versus Godzilla. I, I'll do a separate episode about that movie. But this was, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Watched it last night with Amy. And we were watching it before watching the UFC event where there was even like, I, I would much rather watch any sort of fake fatality compared to the UFC event. This is specifically one fight. Chris Weidman broke his leg. Never want to see that. Didn't want to see it when Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris Weidman's knee. And now Chris Weidman broke his leg. I keep wanting to say Uriah Faber, Uriah Hall's knee. Just, it's always terrible because it snaps and then they try to stand on it. And it's just like standing on rubber basically at that point. This is not about UFC. This is about Mortal Kombat. So the movie, I'm just going to do like general thoughts and then try to pull out some lessons for online creation. And yeah, so number one, just some general thoughts about the movie. I think, and this is going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I think it's worth watching. That's like my summary, especially if you enjoy Mortal Kombat or you were a fan of the first movie. That's a warning. Spoiler warning. So, okay. I did, I, I did like it. And then it just sort of like falls off a cliff at the end is I, I was, it was one of those things where you look at how much time is left 
and then you you know like how close you are to the end. And at a certain point, we paused it, grabbed drinks, used the bathroom, and I was thinking there'd still be maybe like forty minutes left because they were just sort of starting to fight Shang Tsung's army, uh, not army, but you know his goons. They and there was only like fifteen minutes left, maybe twenty minutes left that. Now it's going to be Sub-Zero versus Scorpion. Or not Sub-Zero. It was going to be this new guy, Cole, fighting Sub-Zero. And it just... Yeah, I, I didn't realize that they were planning like a trilogy or a series of these movies. So I, I thought it was pretty... I was, I was very entertained throughout. And then it was just like, okay, we're just going to do cross-cut between seven different fights. Done. Then we're going to do the final boss fight. Done. I thought the, the characters were really great. Just how all of them lo- looked pretty cool. They got to get their moves off. It's rated R, so some of them got to do their fatalities. Kung Lao has very brutal fatality that was pretty awesome looking. And kind of what you, you want to see in a Mortal Kombat movie. Then, yeah, I guess like the movie was brutal. It, it, it was kind of what you expect from Mortal Kombat. So... That was cool, brutal, but but comical. You know, not that comical. <laughs> like some of some of it, I, I guess, like the the right amount of being over the top, where it's not super like gross. The way that I always think of Bone Tomahawk as the movie where it is very gruesome and in a way that is unsettling to the point that, like, just mentioning it now, it kind of makes my skin crawl. Bone Tomahawk, go see that if you want to feel badly for like a week. The, yeah, so the fatality is over the top enough that it's, it's not, it's very clear. You don't have to remind yourself that this is just a movie. Also, if you're an adult, I don't know that maybe, I, I, maybe as an adult, you're not having to tell yourself that with any movie. But yeah, so I, I thought that was cool that like everyone gets like a nice, each character gets a cool moment. Goro came off pretty weak, really. Like, I just liked how he was treated in the original movie as the, like, let him, like, kill a few people. That's, like, Goro should kill a main character or, like, you know, the main character's buddy. Something like that. It it just came off, like, they just, like, they sent him off and then to go kill the family. And yeah, he just, he just came off pretty weak that, some Cole gets his superpower and then dispatches of him of Goro in, in a few minutes. And it just, I wish he got more screen time or just that he really should have killed somebody. Like let him be the one to at least like ex- execute Kung Lao in some way. Maybe, maybe Shang Tsung. I don't know. It, it was just, yeah, not, not what I was looking for with Goro. Okay. So I guess that those were my thoughts about the movie. Again, worth watching. I liked it. I'll probably go back through it again, put it on in the background. A fun movie. But yeah, again, if you've seen the first one, then I'll also, I don't know, just about the ending. Does it really have to happen in an octagon? Or like, I, it was a, a ring that they ended up in. And I don't know what the, the metaphor there is that Scorpion and Sub-Zero... They are warriors from Japan and China. And then centuries later, they finish their battle in a ring, uh, a, a modern day ring that is covered in ice. There's anyway. Okay. So next up, some life lessons. 
or not, I won't be doing life lessons. That's right. That's right. Online creation lessons. If you're from the movie, if you are creating, con- like making things online, making videos, podcasts, blog posts, whatever it is. So number one, what I put down here is searching for your superpower. This is a thing that they do in the movie. They, the, the heroes of earth, the earth realm are, they meet Raiden. And then they meet some people that have, can harness their superpower, their powers already. And what these people, Cole Young, Kano, they need to do is, and I think Jax as well, they need, eventually Sonya, they have to find, like, search for their power. They know because they have this mark, they have, like, some kind of special power. And they keep searching for it, keep searching for it. Eventually, in a low point, Kano is losing his temper and they kind of egg him on because they know, like, oh, this is going to lead to him getting his power. He's able to shoot lasers out of one of his eyes, like Cyclops. And this is that idea of you will find your superpower once you hit a low point. This is kind of a low point for him of losing his temper and... Not, not necessarily that you need a low point when you are thinking about like the skill that you should focus on. And this is kind of like when you're doing online create, like making things online, that there's that idea of doubling down on your strengths. You can delegate and find other ways to shore up the weaknesses, but there's value in double down or yeah, like really focusing on the strengths. But first you have to be really aware of what strengths you have that are valuable and one way to do that is to kind of look at, imagine a very constrained world where I, this is a, I always mention like Tim Ferriss stuff, but this is another Tim Ferriss thing of, or I think that's where I learned it from. Maybe it was somewhere else, but I'm sure he has some version of this where you're going to go on vacation for a month. You're just going to stop working on whatever it is that you're working on for a month. What will, and you have this week to prepare or you have one day to prepare what would you do with that one day? And when you think about like just that one day, then it becomes like somewhat clear what your most valuable skill is or what the most important thing to work on is where it's, and then it becomes clear how much time you're spending on all these other things that look like work, but really aren't. So as an example, if I needed to, if I, if I was really trying to schedule out a bunch of podcasts, which I currently am, then the most important thing is really recording the podcast and making sure to actually record the podcast. If I schedule, if, if I had to do it all in a day, like I, all I had was tomorrow, I would have to just schedule out a chunk of it for the, the actual recording, which takes, you know, in real time, if I want to record for 30 minutes, it takes 30 minutes. And then some amount of that is edited down. And then it becomes a thing of like, okay, how much do I want to put into the into the editing, how much do I want to put into the recording? And then there's, of course, the planning that's involved. Some amount of planning will increase the quality of the podcast. And, but there's very, like, there's diminishing returns there that I tend to probably, I wouldn't even say over plan for a single podcast. It's more that I over plan for a bunch of different ones. I brainstorm a bunch of these different ideas then take a bunch of stuff to maybe like 20% and then don't finish it where I, I would, the important thing probably, and not, not necessarily that this is the superpower, but it's like the thing I need to focus on the most would be actually like 
working on the end result. And in a way, I think the one of the strengths that I have is that kind of like high level, not, I wouldn't call it planning because I'm not really organizing things and setting it up in a way that I'm, I'm finishing things. It's, it is the brainstorming and like trying to connect these different ideas. And one reason that I want to focus on podcasting is that it's the fastest way to like go from that idea to something that's finished. And those two skills are things that I enjoy doing as well. It's fun for me to do that, to record these, to just think of connections between different things. Uh, think of like movies I enjoy, like Mortal Kombat and this thing where actually as an example. So another example is let, let's say someone's putting a newsletter together and their superpower is writing, like really writing long form pieces, then they really need to be probably focusing on doing the research, revising, getting feedback, and just more like hammering away at a single idea is probably what's most valuable for them. And just understand like building that awareness can take time, but I will, yeah, is an important thing when you're making things online because there's just too many different things that you can do. There's, I guess now this came to mind. So this is like, I'll write this down because I actually didn't, didn't plan this. And this is more of the connections kind of thing. I think something comes to mind, then I want to write it down and I could elaborate on it later. Shang Tsung, if you want to be good, like he, I was never like a top tier Mortal Kombat. I wasn't that good at Mortal Kombat. I never felt like I was that good at it. And I definitely wasn't compared to... I, no one's good at any games these days because you just go on Twitch and realize you're not good at any games compared to people that are the best in the world at it. But Shang Tsung, I don't know if he was ever like a top tier person, but he was never someone like my friends would never... It was always this goof that uh, the, the person that's best would pick Shang Tsung because they could beat you with anybody. So there's that. And if you're going to be good, then you probably just like transform into some player or, or some character that you're good at. And then you just win being that character. The thing there is that's kind of like making stuff on the internet that there, there's just so many things. The internet makes it easy to make stuff and share it with the world. And you can do all of these different things, but no, no one's good with every single character in the game, like the greatest with every single character in the game. And that was a thing, I guess, like growing up that took away, not not all of the fun, but just like some of the fun of fighting games is learning, oh, there's tiers, oh, there's 24 characters, but if you want to really have a chance at winning at any high level, you have to play with these four characters, like one of these four characters, something like that. So no one's going to be able to win with every single character and or like be the best with every single character. And that's the thing too, is so that's similar to like all the different mediums that you can use online, like audio, video, writing, and then within writing or within any of these other ones, there's like within writing, you can write Twitter threads, you can write long posts, short posts, emails, focus on this thing. And then that kind of variety is in all of the different mediums. So with podcasts, there's a skill of like interviewing guests. There's the skill of like, producing something like an NPR, highly produced uh, true co- true crime series or like the Darknet Diaries. That's a great one, which I wish I could have that kind of quality, that kind of storytelling. Or there's the co-host ones or there's all those different kinds. And then there's also 
the yeah with video all sorts of videos short form comedy then long videos and people pretty much putting documentaries together and vlogging and you have so many choices for what to make that and then depending on what you want the outcome to be that's another thing if you want to earn money there's different probably like different things that will more directly go toward that if you want enjoyment this is kind of what i've come to is like oh i want to enjoy this process i don't want it to be like this painful thing i already have work i don't want to like create more work outside but i do feel like so feel joy in making these things so figuring out and it's of course not the same for everybody it's trying the different mediums trying the different categories within those and seeing what you enjoy and what you can find an audience with as well if ha- like ha- finding an audience is an important thing i've i've kind of if you've listened to enough episodes of uh, this podcast it's like i'm pretty wishy-washy like oh everything depends oh everything's in the middle but i i have been starting to lean more toward that idea that like if if you're creating things online one of the goals is to build up an audience that yes there's inherent joy in making things and making things in private is definitely valuable as well but if you this isn't just about like trying to make money it's just about building up at least enough of an audience that you are getting feedback so that you can improve that you are building relationships with the audience there's so much value and in doing that i don't have a huge audience but it's always fun to like get texts here from people that listen to a few episodes anyway that is it reminds me of this matt ragland ep- podcast episode no he's he's interviewing on the copy blogger podcast and he just talks about trying the different mediums seeing which ones he enjoyed which ones his friends and family were responding to that he did try like blogging like writing articles on medium and saw a little bit of success with that but then saw that he was getting a lot of response with some of the bullet journal videos that he was putting on YouTube and then also enjoyed making those so that that becomes that became like his main platform that's what he picked and there's something about twitter that's like really fun because it's such a direct it's the place where you can really like directly respond to some of your other favorite online creators i find it fairly addicting though and and it, this is definitely one of those where it's just me i know that other people don't like quite find it as negative of an experience it is always positive to like have that back and forth communication but sometimes it, I, yeah it's just like very just way too addicting and way too easy to oh just let me just check it real quick there's always going to be something new on there not necessarily like a notification for me but just like always new content every single minute there's something new there that can and consuming it is a few seconds you can consume the whole you can read the whole tweet in moments where yes there's going to be new content on the other platforms but there's not as much of a temptation to like oh let me just start watching this thing instead of doing the thing that i wanted to be working on so find your superpower imagine that you know you, you've run out of time you have a day left what are you going to work on you, you know you have a day left on earth i know but i would go see my family see my friends and that sort of thing but if you had a day left and you had to make something online 
how would you spend that? Not, not, let's go with the original one. You have a day left before you leave for a few weeks. What would be the most valuable thing to work on? And that is, that probably hints at what your superpower is when you are creating things online. Then number two, this is just a short story. So I was in, we, I grew up in Japan, Navy bases. My dad was in the Navy. If you're listening to this, you probably, probably not. But one of the cool things is there's always an arcade on the base. Every base has an arcade. So if you on the weekends go to a different base, drive to a different base, then well, my parents would drive to a different base and there's always some arcade that we, they would like drop me off at and I could spend some time. Me and Dan, my older brother would spend time there. Anyway, one time we had played Mortal Kombat, but, and we had been playing it for, it had been out for a few months. We go to the space. Yakota. So this was like a once in a while thing where we grew up in Atsugi. This was kind of like the nice trip every couple months to the nicer base. That's how I remember it. And we went to this arcade. From what I remember, it was in the airport. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about that, but we would go there. And I just remember one time it was like, oh, cool. Mortal Kombat's here as expected. But then it's like, oh, wait, there's different characters. Oh, this is Mortal Kombat 2. Anyway, as I, I remember like not really playing because there was a bunch of people around. And yeah, I'm like, I'm a little kid, kind of scared to play against strangers. From what I remember, I didn't play that day. And then I just watched the entire time. And then I remember seeing like the people would keep asking this other kid questions over and over and over. And then he would give answers and he was referring to the, it looked like a book, but then looking closer, it was all just printed out. And I had no idea. I didn't get like a closer look at it. It definitely wasn't like a strategy guide. Yeah. Like one of those official ones or something that you'd buy in a bookstore. And a few years later, I realized that probably was my first experience with the internet. And it wasn't experiencing the internet at a computer. It was probably that they printed it from something like some website, printed the move list, list of fatalities, that sort of thing. And they, yeah, they got that on a website and printed that out. And that was likely the first time that I really experienced anything from the internet. That's my theory. Anyway, the other uh, thing I have here from just playing Mortal Kombat in the arcade was I had I had watched people play it. You do see fatalities. And I had not seen all of them, but I was playing as Sub-Zero. And then Beats beat the computer. And then this older kid said, hey, let me play for a second. And of course, it's like the finish him part. Then he did whatever it was, looked like magic. I, I had no idea what the what it was. And then Sub-Zero ripped the guy's head off with the spine still attached. And this was awesome because this was what made Mortal Kombat stick out was just the violence in the game. And if, and it created all sorts of trouble. <laughs> and this is where the government started looking at video games, started to that it eventually did lead to the rating system, I think with a few other games, but it was definitely like one of the key games that led to the rating system. And this is number two, like online creation thing. Number two for Mortal Kombat is to copy it but put a twist on it. This is the idea of creativity. Like you can't, if you're making something, 
oftentimes you can't just try to be creative for the entire thing or innovative for the entire thing. There's things like if, if you're making a movie, writing a story, there's the hero's journey. It's not perfect, but a lot of different stories can, you, you can kind of map stories to the hero's journey. And it, it is kind of like sometimes a little forced if you're just trying to map it in hindsight, but it can be a good way to start. So that just goes to show like any or most stories that stick out, the best movies that you've watched, there is some kind of structure to it that wasn't invented by the people making the movie. And same thing with this game with Mortal Kombat. Fighting games became super, super popular because of Street Fighter 2. They took some of that formula with different, the like number of characters, the move sets. Like I mentioned, the fatality. As far as I remember, Sub-Zero's fatality to rip the spine out was was like Shoryuken, so forward, down, forward, and punch. Or close. I, I think that's what it was. I'm not going to go and fact check this thing. And yeah, the, and then you have like the different characters. And sometimes it is like, it could be a little confusing. You expect Liu Kang to have, say, like Ryu's moveset or something like that. But Mortal Kombat, what they did, they took a fighting game. They had a couple twists, which were really good for setting it apart. So one of them was just the violence and the fatality. And then, yeah, the fatalities. But number two was just digitized graphics. It was one of the games that made digitized graphics really like it. Oh, these look like actual humans, very pixelated, but it is created by taking video of actual actors and then putting that in the game. So it was those two things that made it, really so novel and really so popular even though as i as far as i remember it's not as it just definitely wasn't as good a fighting game as street fighter 2 street fighter 2 turbo super street fighter 2 that yeah just like pure fighting game fun it it doesn't hold up as well it's it's like people do still play super street fighter 2 competitively today I don't think there's quite so many people playing Mortal Kombat 1, but it has such a place in history just because of the twist that it put on video games at the time that it really did bring games to... It was one of the first ones, too, that made it true that, like, hey, video games aren't just for kids. Then, let's see, so so I guess, like, number three for the online creation lessons from Mortal Kombat. I guess this is like more from Mortal Kombat rather than the movie. So this is getting pretty long. I'll just say what what I had here with that story of the internet is just if you're making things online, a good thing that you can do is really look at how other people are doing things, especially like look at people who are making things that you enjoy making. There's a good chance that, or look at people who are making things you enjoy and there's a chance that you will also enjoy making similar things. And then in whatever ways you can, looking at interviews, just looking at all of their older content, you can probably break down how they got to where they are now. You can look at the structure of their different things. This is something I'm doing right now, is trying to take a look at different solo podcasts, see what sets them apart, and basically realizing I need to do something else to add some storytelling 
add a few audio elements, make it a little more interesting, and definitely starting with structure and having different quotes to work with. But that's it for Lessons for Mortal Kombat. No, it's not. I, I, I just thought of one, just since I wasn't like really using the movie example. But now like, one came to mind for the movie example is that you do want to... Not that you want to like create this enemy, but it can be useful to have an enemy. So one thing is it gives you this mission, but another thing is for when you're building an audience, so we'll call this number four, the value of having an enemy. And this goes to, I think, of Primal Branding. It's a great book by Patrick Hanlon, just about branding especially for online creators. It's one that's recommended a lot for people making videos online. And one core piece of branding with to connect with an audience is that you create this, create an enemy. What, what does your audience believe? What do you believe that your audience believes? Why do they follow you? It's because, yeah, you have some strong belief about something. And to have a strong belief... A good way to test that is if there's another group that kind of believes the opposite. And this can be a thing where if you want to have an audience, you can't really be wishy-washy. You need to have a... You can't be wishy-washy on everything. You need to have a stance on something. As examples, online, there's a lot of hard work versus luck sort of stuff. There's, yeah, different enemy. And a good thing when it's like talking about like creating these creative enemy sort of things is yeah. Just to see that there are people in that other camp that the opposite of your belief does have reasons that it would be reasonable to agree with. So yeah, the, the one that gets people like kind of riled up online, at least in like the echo chambers I'm in are the, there's like VCs, VC-funded startups versus bootstrapped startups. But then you can go down even further. So like bootstrapped startups versus individual creators. I, that one's like less... I, I, it, it really is more the bootstrapped versus VC-funded. And there's different people on different sides of this. With There's like Basecamp, the 37 Signals team. They're very much on the they lead the charge in the bootstrapped create a profitable company kind of mindset and then on the other side is the vc funded startups where nothing is successful if it's less than a billion dollars and people getting funded and then creating companies that fail is that's part of the process and if you want to change the world you need to do one of these hyper growth startups so those are kind of the two camps and they have yeah, they have opposing views, creates this brand, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, great brand, <laughs> clear brands as well, that they're Scorpion, they're Sub-Zero, they're different colors, they're enemies, where it wasn't super clear, like, if you're just, like, looking at the roster in Mortal Kombat 1, like, hey, which of these people do you think are more enemies? You could also think they're both ninjas, so Anyway, that's the last one. This has gone too long. Thanks for checking this out.